This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent is given a cautiously mysterious message in answer to his one slim lead to young Bucky Taylor's whereabouts. there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, all the fellas and girls in the gang are certainly hepped up these days about the swell new collections Kellogg's Pep is putting out. So, uh, let's get right down to business. Now, suppose I talk to the girls about their special collection later on and concentrate on the fellas right now. Now, here's the dope. Kellogg's Pep has a real keychain for you, a big silver-like He-Man chain just like Dad wears, and 12 different lucky pieces to collect and wear right on that chain. Now, here's how you start. Make a note of this now. For the keychain only, send one box stop from Kellogg's Pep and 15 cents, that's a dime and a nickel, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And here's the lowdown on the lucky pieces to wear on the chain. Listen carefully now. There are 12 different shiny lucky pieces in all. Nifty small-scale models of a locomotive, a football, a, a skull and crossbones, a trolley car, a skate, and a Scotty dog, among others. And send for just as many as you like to start with. And with your first package, you're going to get a printed slip with the names and pictures of all the 12 lucky pieces on it. And you can keep right on ordering them until your whole collection is complete. Now, for each lucky piece, send one pet box stop and one dime, plus the names of the lucky pieces you want, to Superman Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? Send 10 cents and one pet box stop for each of the lucky pieces, and for the keychain, send 15 cents and one pet box stop. And the address for both is Superman Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And be sure to print your name and address clearly. Now, girls, you keep listening for what I'll have to tell you later on. And now, the adventures of Superman. In search of young Bucky Taylor, a 13-year-old orphan who had mysteriously disappeared from an ocean liner, Clark Kent went to Le Havre, France, to find a man named Philippe, who he believed had knowledge of the boy's whereabouts. To Kent's astonishment, he found Herbert Calkins, ace Scotland Yard detective, bound and gagged in Philippe's room. Calkins explained that he was investigating a gigantic plot against the World Peace Organization, and that he had come to keep an appointment with Philippe. 
But as he arrived, an unseen assailant had knocked him out. Believing that the plot against the World Peace Organization was tied up with Bucky Taylor's disappearance, Kent and Corkins went to the cellar to examine the trunk left there by Philippe, when suddenly Kent shouted a warning and leaped forward, just as a terrific explosion ripped through the cellar. As we continue now, Kent is helping the dazed Corkins and Monsieur Dorio, elderly proprietor of the rooming house, to their feet. Listen. Mr. Corkins. Mr. Dorio, are you all right? We oui, I think so. Hey, Kent, what happened? Somebody threw a cellar window open and heaved a hand grenade at us. Sacre bleu. You should say, who was it? I don't know who he was, but it's plain he didn't want us to see what was in the trunk. We oui, that is so. Hey, but the trunk was empty. Oh, no, it wasn't, Corkins. I assure you. I say, where is the blooming trunk? Loan to smithereens. What? That's right. But, uh, look here, old chap. We were bending over the trunk. If it was blown up by the blasted grenade, how is it we weren't blown up with it? Why, uh, you, you see... It, it's a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yes, I guess Storio's right. It, it was a miracle. Wait. I remember that suddenly you, Kent, called out. Then you threw Dorio and me to the floor and sprawled over us. That is right. Well, never mind that now. We were lucky, lucky so... Eh? You know, Kent, I'm once again beginning to think that you, old Bean, are Superman. Oh, please don't be silly, Mr. Corkins. I thought you'd got over that nonsense in Metropolis. Well, you may have fooled me in the Metropolis, but I... Forget that nonsense, please. The police and fire department are coming, and that means a big crowd. Let's get rid of them as quickly as possible, because I've got something important to tell you about Philippe's truck. Well, Kent, the police are gone now. So tell me what you said you know about Philippe's trunk. Well, there were two snapshots in it. Mm-hmm. Snapshots? In the trunk? That's right. Well, you said no, boy. I didn't see them. Well, they, they, they were under the lining, you see. And, and under was the a... lining, eh? And you saw them. The lining of the trunk was torn, and I, I just happened to see the snapshots stuck in one corner. Hmm. Yes, and what's more, I got a pretty good look at them. Good. Recognize anybody you know? One of them was a snap of Hobie Taylor and a young boy, probably Bucky. Hmm. And the other? I don't know who he was, but I can describe him accurately. And if I can find a good artist, we ought to be able to get a fair likeness of the fellow. Splendid idea by Joe. Now the question is, where can we find an artist? Well, that should be no great problem here, old man. Oh, probably not. As a matter of fact, our friend Dorio may be able to direct us to one. Fine, let's get moving right away, while the details are still clear in my mind. Yes, and let's see. A very high forehead, deep-set eyes, strong cheekbones, wide, thin-lipped mouth, uh, uh, what might be termed a cruel mouth. You got all that on me? Oui, Monsieur Kent. You have an excellent memory for details. Thanks. Uh, can you picture him in your mind? Oui. I will attempt to make a sketch of this man now. Good. Yes. Do it as quickly as you can, like a good fellow. Oui, too sweet, Monsieur. Well, I hope this works out, Mr. Hawkins, so that it gives us a lead to the whereabouts of both Bucky Taylor and Philippe. I jolly well do, too, Kent. You see, I hadn't intended to tell you this, but since we pulled our resources, so to speak, I think you ought to know that Philippe was attached to the British Intelligence Service. That's no surprise. I suspected something like that. Really? Well, he was working on a case I told you of. The plot against the World Peace Organization, uh-huh. which we have reason to believe is sparked by a person known as the Man Without a Face. And he must have had some contact with Hobie Taylor, the murdered Daily Planet correspondent. Which is why his name was on the slip of paper I found hidden in Hobie's typewriter. Right, oh. What's more, I firmly believe Bucky disappeared because he knew about his father's story, too. So the same fellows who took Philippe away and tried to blow us up must have Bucky. I agree. Now we've got to find them and get their story. But how? We have no clues. Well, the snapshot in Philippe's trunk may be just what we need. Uh, how are you coming, Henri? I got the, the sketch, please, Monsieur Kent. Hmm. Wicked-looking chap. Does this look like the man in the snapshot, Kent? Hmm. Yeah, yes, it does. Just about, except... Let's see, I think his chin was a little longer. Longer? Yes. Like this, Monsieur. Huh? Uh-huh, that's better, Henri. 
Now, there was a deep line between his eyes, right here. We, oui. I will sketch it in. Right, Joe, I don't see how you can remember all that from just a glance, old boy. It's, it, it's amazing. Well, I, I, now, monsieur. Good, good. Now, you've got it down to a T, Henri. Yeah, I am glad. Do you recognize this fellow, Mr. Cawkins? Mm, never saw him in my life. A wicked but rather distinguished-looking bloke, eh? What? Oh, he's like the devil, that one. You're right, Henri. Mr. Cawkins, I suggest we take this sketch to police headquarters on a chance that they may know him. Just what I was going to suggest, old boy. How much do we owe you, Henri? Oh, well, monsieur, I, I do not know. Uh, whatever you say, monsieur. All right, here. Take this $50. You've earned it. Merci, monsieur. Merci. Thank you, and goodbye. All right, Hawkins. next stop, police headquarters. You're sure you never saw the men in this sketch before, Captain? I am positive, monsieur Kent. A face such as this one, I would never forget. Uh-oh. No, as I have said, is this man in our dossier de criminel. That's what you American chaps call the rogues gallery, Kent. Yes, I know, I know. Well, where do we go from here, Hawkins? Oh, you've got me, old chap. Looks as if we were up at Dead King Street again. What? Very great, I cannot help you, monsieur. Oh, you've done what you could, Captain. I say, I have an idea, Kent. We need one badly. I suggest we have photographs made of this blooming sketch and have it published in all the papers. Follow me? Swell. We can ask anyone who might recognize our man to communicate with us. Perhaps even offer a reward for information. I do. Let's also send photographs to every central police department in the world. Good, good. Come on, old boy. We'll find a photographer and get busy. This may turn the trick. Eagerly, Clark Kent and Herbert Hawkins hurry from police headquarters to find a photographer and put their plan into operation. Will it bring results and perhaps lead them to the missing Bucky Taylor? As we continue now, 24 hours have gone by since Clark Kent and Herbert Hawkins decided to publish their artist sketch of the photograph Kent saw in Philippe's trunk. The daily papers in Le Havre, Marseille, and Paris have already printed the sketch, but so far there have been no replies. As evening draws close, Kent paces the floor of their hotel room anxiously, while the Scotland Yard detective is calmly shaving. I say, Kent, stop pacing the floor like a blooming lion, will you? It bothers me, you know. It's sorry, but I'm worried, Mr. Hawkins. I had hoped that someone would have recognized that sketch by now and called us. Frankly, so did I, but all in good time, old boy. Time is what there isn't much of. I know, but we'll keep the picture running in the French papers and send it on to England and the continent tomorrow. We're not licked yet, by Joe. I don't know. Bucky's been missing for over a week, and now Philippe's gone. This clue doesn't pan out. Where are we? No place, old chap, no place. But it's always darkest before the dawn, you know. Platitudes like that don't make the suspense more bearable. Relax while I have a shower. Always think best when I'm showering. I'll be with you directly. Okay. No, why doesn't somebody call? Why is it that... Oh, is the phone now? Hello? I wish to speak with Monsieur Kent on the Chicago. Well, this is Clark Kent. Who's calling? My name is Jean Bertrand. Yes? It is you who will pay for information about one whose photograph appears in the newspaper. Yes, yes, I'll pay very well. Can you tell me anything about the man in the photograph? Oui, I know that one. You do? Who is he? Where can I find... Uh, no, no, monsieur. You say you will pay money for such information, and me, I am too. Well, y- yes, but, but also I... Also, it is dangerous to speak of that one in the photograph. You understand, monsieur? Why, well, yes, I understand. Will you come to my hotel? No, no. I cannot come to your hotel, monsieur. Why not? I was in the last war, and, well... I am unable to walk, you see. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we'll come to you, then. Where are you? We, monsieur, who are we? Mr. Hawkins and myself. Really? But remember, there must be only the two of you, because I endanger my life when I give this information. It is only because I am very poor that I take the chance. I assure you, there'll be just the two of us. Tell me, where can we see you? Come to 12 Rue Marguerite. 12 Rue Marguerite? It is a small house near the Great Park. We'll find it. You expect us there right away. You will bring money with you, monsieur. Yes, yes, of course I will. We'll be right along. Goodbye. Au revoir, monsieur. I await you. Hawkins! 
Hawkins, get out of that shower and get dressed. Hurry, man, hurry! What will our friends find and learn at 12 year Marguerite? Are they now really on the trail of young Bucky Taylor and Philippe and the plot against the World Peace Federation? Or could this be a trap set for them by the sinister, mysterious man known only as the man without a face? There's a thrill a minute in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, huh? The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, while Clark Kent and Herbert Calkins face grave danger, unaware that Philippe is a prisoner of the man without a face... Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, I'm so hepped up about the new collections Kellogg's Pep has for you fellows and girls in the gang that, well, I hardly know where to start talking. Guess I'd better talk to the fellows about their special collection later on and uh, sort of make it ladies first today. So, girls, here's what Pep has for you. It's a shiny silver-like charm bracelet and 12 different charms to go with it. Now, this bracelet is really a honey, a swell piece of jewelry, and here's how you get it. 
You got your pencil ready? For the bracelet only, send one box top from super delicious Kellogg's Pep and 10 cents, that's a dime in cash, to Superman Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And that's for the bracelet only. Of course, you'll want some of the 12 bright, shiny charms, too. They're nifty, small-scale models of a trolley car, a piano, a cuckoo clock, a, a locomotive, a violin, and a telephone, among others. And since this is sort of a get-acquainted offer, the first package you get will contain a printed slip with the names and pictures of all 12 different charms. You just check them off as you order them until your collection is complete. And here's how to order your first charms. For each charm, send one pep box stop and ten cents, plus the names of the charms you want, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That's one dime and one pep box stop for each of the charms, and one dime and one pep box stop for the charm bracelet. And the address for both is Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And be sure that you print your name and address clearly. That's for the girls. Now, you fellas, you stick around, because a little later, I'm going to tell you what Kellogg's Pep has for you. And now, the adventures of Superman. Believing that a sinister individual known only as the man without a face is directing a gigantic plot against the World Peace Organization, and that he is responsible for the disappearance of a young orphan boy named Rocky Taylor and a British intelligence man named Philippe, Clark Kent and Herbert Corkins, a Scotland Yard detective, have joined forces in La Havre, France. Having seen a snapshot of an unknown man in Philippe's trunk, Kent described it to an artist who made a sketch of the man. Then this was published in French newspapers, and Kent and Calkins offered a reward to anyone furnishing information about the unknown man. The following evening, Kent received a phone call from someone who said he knew the man in the sketch. Kent was directed to come with Calkins to a certain house near the harbor. As we continue now, the reporter and the stocky British detective are en route to their rendezvous in a taxi cab. Listen. Please tell me again what this chap said on the phone, Kent, and do try to remember everything. There isn't much to remember, Mr. Corkins. He just said his name was Jean Benoit. Benoit? Yes, B-E-N-O-I-T. He said he'd been injured in the war and wasn't able to walk, which is why he couldn't come to our hotel to see us. Mm -hmm. He claims to know the man in our sketch, eh? That's right. He said the fellow was very dangerous and he was taking his life in his hands to talk to us. I see. Anything else? No, that's all. Mm. Sounds a bit fishy, old chap. My feeling is that we may be walking into a trap. Could be. Attempt was made on our lives yesterday, so we must be marked men. I see. You are a cool one. Look, what if Benoit is working for the man without a face? Well, that's all right, too, because then we'll have our hands on one of the gang, so we'll be able to get to the others, and to Bucky and Philippe. True, but we may also end up in the Blooming Harbor with a couple of knives in our back. <laughs> well, we'll worry about that when the time comes. <laughs> you know, old boy, either you're as plucky as they come, or my original suspicions were correct. I mean, about you being Superman. Oh, here we go again. When are you going to throw away that record, Corkins? Not until I'm thoroughly convinced that you are or are not, by two. Frankly, my dear old bean, you're becoming a bit of a bore on that subject. <laughs> I'm sorry. I promise not to mention it again, at least for the prison. That'll be a relief. Oh! Boy, what a four-wheel stop that was. Uh, voilà, we arrived, monsieur. Lucky. Ten francs, you Eh? Oh, oh, we're here. Right, 12 Rue Marguerite. Make out the number in that little stone house. Seedy-looking street, what? Yes, it is. Right here you are, driver. Keep the change. Oh, merci, monsieur, merci. Uh, pardon, monsieur, but uh, if I may say so... Yes? You are clearly strangers to Le Havre, so I warn you to proceed with care in this neighborhood. It is not, uh, how you say, healthy for one with money in his pocket or a good coat on his back... Particularly at night, as now. Really? Well, thanks very much, driver. Come on, Cockins. One moment, Kent. Uh, driver. Monsieur? 
Do you know anything of this house here, number 12? No, but three Marguerite, I know it. Yes, we get it. Thanks again, driver. Come on, let's go, Hawkshaw. I wish you wouldn't call me that silly name. Sounds like a blinking penny thriller. I wish you wouldn't call me you-know-what. Touché. Well, everything looks peaceful enough. Too peaceful, by Jove. I wish I knew what was waiting for us inside this house. Let's ring the bell and find out. One moment. I just transfer my gun to my overcoat pocket. There. Ready now, old chap. Just leave the rough stuff to me. Oh, sure, sure. Come along, then. Here we are, old boy. Steady now. I'll ring the bell. Go ahead. Now, stay behind me, Kent. And remember, leave everything to me. You're such a comfort, old man. <laughs> no. Personally, I'd feel more comfortable with two stout British bobbies by my side. Why doesn't somebody answer? Uh, I'll ring again. Never mind. Here comes someone. How do you know? How? Can't you hear? Oh, yes. Yes, good say. Uh, good evening. We've come to see Jean Benoit. My name is Corkins. This gentleman... Hello, Andre. Good speech. I know. Come along, Ken. Okay. Are you Monsieur Benoit? No. I am Francois. Benoit waits for you inside. Ugly customer, what? Yes, so is the other one. What other one? Uh, uh, oh, Follow uh, me, s'il vous plaît. I will take you to Benoit. This way. Every sense alert. Mark Kent and Herbert Calkins follow the tall, surly Francois up a narrow, dimly lit flight of stairs and into a room which is furnished only with a couch, a flimsy table, and a rickety kitchen chair. A small oil lamp on the table illuminates a thin-faced, unshaven young man with a thin, slit mouth and sharp eyes who lies on the couch half-covered by a dirty blanket. He wears a frayed, turtleneck jersey. Are you Jean Benoit? Oui. My name is Hawkins, and this is Clark Kent. How do you do? We'd like to... Francois, you would keep watch of the door. Oui, I understand. So do I. Eh? What do you say, Kent? We must speak quickly, gentlemen. I take my life in my hands when I permit you to come here. Tell me, have you brought money for me? You'll get your money when you parlez-vous, my man. You say you know the chap in the sketch? We yeah, know him. Who is he? He's one who is very dangerous, monsieur. What's his name? His name is... Now, Francois! We have you, sir! Look, look out! I've got a gun! Great Scott! Francois! Francois! The left! Where is the left? I cannot see! Are you bothered? Hit! 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 Well, you shoot us in the back, say, Francois! Listen, dreams, my friend! Coffin! Where are you? Be right with you! Now, you! Hey! That takes care of Benoit. Now, where's the other blighter? I, I think he's lying over here. Yeah, half a second, chap. I have a pencil flashlight in my pocket. Uh, here we are. Now, where... I see this other bound of Francois is out cold. Well, maybe... Maybe he ran into the wall. What? Say, where are you, Kent? Uh, behind this table. So, you were hiding behind the table, eh? Well, not exactly hiding. Uh, I, I see... Anyhow, it was downright clever of you to knock that lamp to the floor just when Benoit was drawing his blooming gun. Oh, oh, thanks, old man. Thanks. Don't you really have me believe that this blighter Francois ran his head into the wall and knocked himself out, eh? Well, I, I guess we were pretty lucky, eh? Very lucky. Tell me, are you sure Francois didn't run into your fist? Into my fist? <laughs> Either you fooled me again and Superman saved my hide just now. Superman? Or else it's as you say. We were lucky. Of course we were lucky. But look, Hawkins, let's not waste time. These fellows tried to ambush us. That means they must know we're looking for Bucky Taylor and Philippe. And... Uh, wait, Ken. Uh-oh. Benoit's coming to come over here. What are you going to do? Try to make him talk? Here. Shine this flashlight on his face. Okay. Keep it on him. 
We may be able to scare him into talking before he recovers his wits. Uh, come on now, my man. Snap out of it. We have some questions to ask you. Tensely, Clark Kent and Herbert Calkins lean over Jean Benoit, whose eyes are beginning to flutter open. Will the Frenchman give our friends the vital information they need? In Jean Benoit's shabby little room, Benoit opens his eyes and blinks at the beam of the flashlight that Clark Kent shines into his face. Herbert Calkins, ace Scotland Yard detective, demands... Oh, Clark Benoit, who is the man I, in the sketch? I did not know. Don't I... lie or it'll go hard on you, my man. You tried to ambush us tonight. No, no. And we know all about you. We know there's nothing wrong with your legs. You can walk. No, I... You took Philippe away yesterday, didn't you? No, no. Where is he? Where's Bucky Taylor? I tell you, I know nothing, Mr. Nothing. Do you see this gun, Benoit? No, no, do not shoot. And talk. Who's the man in the sketch? I swear it, I do not no, know. listen. I know only that Francois and I were approached by a man on the dock. He gave us money to go into the room of the man known as Philippe. Who was this man? I do not know. I swear it, Oh, look here, my man. Maybe he doesn't know, Hawkins. What did you do to Philippe, and what? We took him to the warehouse on the docks below here. A warehouse below here, eh? We? That is all I know. I swear it, monsieur. Only that the man then told us to phone you at the hotel to lure you here under the pretense of knowing him of the sketch in the papers and... Uh, and getting rid of us, eh? Uh, I did not wish to do it, you bounder. Now, listen. Here, where are you going, Kent? To the warehouse. You get these fellows to the police, Hawkins. But wait, come back here, no Kent. Time. See you later. <laughs> Hurrying from the room, Clark Kent leaps down the steps and out of the house, tearing off his business suit and resuming his true identity of Superman. Up and away! Then, leaping from the dark, deserted street, the man of steel rockets toward the harbor to search for the warehouse where Benoit said he had taken Philippe, the missing intelligence officer. What will Kent discover at the warehouse? Is he on the trail of young Bucky Taylor at last? And perhaps the sinister individual known as the man without a face? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellas and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DZ comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. While Clark Kent and Herbert Hawkins obtain some scanty information from Philippe about the murderous plotters against world peace, young Bucky Taylor is a helpless prisoner of the man without a face. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, have you started on your exciting new Kellogg's Pep collection yet? 
Well, you better not put it off because the special collections Pep has for all you fellows and girls are just too good to miss. Now, we'll take up the fellows' collection a little later on, but right now, here's the news for the girls. So get your pencil going so that you won't miss any of this. Now, you're going to want Kellogg's Pep's shiny, silver-like charm bracelet. It's a keen-looking bracelet, take my word for it. And you'll want to collect the 12 nifty charms to go with it. So here's how you get started. For the bracelet only, send one box top from Super Delicious Kellogg's Pep and 10 cents, that's a dime in cash, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That gets you the terrific charm bracelet. Of course, you'll want to collect the 12 different bright, shiny charms to go with it. So just listen to this list. There's a nifty, small-scale model of a trolley car, a piano, a cuckoo clock, a locomotive, a violin, and a telephone, among others. So you order just as many as you'd like to start off. And then, with your first package, you'll get a printed slip with the names and pictures of all the 12 charms. Boy, I bet you you want to keep right on ordering until your collection is complete. So for each of the charms you want, send one pep box top and one dime, plus the names of the charms you want, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That's one dime and one pep box top for the each charm, and one dime and one pep box top for the bracelet. And the address for both is Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. Now, just be sure that you print your name and address clearly, and stay with us, fellas, because I'll have that special word for you a little later on. <laughs> And now, the adventures of Superman. In Lab France, Clark Kent and Herbert Cawkins, crack Scotland Yard detective, have joined forces in the search for a 13-year-old orphan boy named Bucky Taylor, son of a former Daily Planet correspondent. Both Bucky and an intelligence man named Philippe, our friends believe, are in the hands of a sinister individual known only as the Man Without a Face, a mysterious person who is supposedly directing a nefarious plot against the World Peace Organization. Caught in an ambush, Kent saved Cawkins' life and persuaded a captured gunman to reveal that Philippe was in a warehouse on the docks. Secretly resuming his true identity of Superman, he streaked away to the docks. As we continue a short time later, we find Corkins at the telephone in the Lahav Police Headquarters. Listen. This is Herbert Corkins speaking. Are you there? Yes, this is Clark Kent. Listen, Corkins. Kent, where are you, old boy? At the General Hospital with Philippe. Philippe? You mean you found him? Yes, in an old warehouse. He'd been shot. Oh, I say, is he... He's alive, all right, but in pretty bad shape. You better get over here as soon as possible if you want to talk to him. I'll be there directly, old chap, directly. Good. You'll find me in the waiting room on the fourth floor. Hurry, Hawkins. Hurry. Ah, there you are, Kent. I got here as soon as possible. Sit down, Hawkins. Sit down. What about Philippe? It's touch and go with him. Really? That bad? Yes. As a matter of fact, they're giving him a blood transfusion now. Poor chap. I say, was he able to tell you anything? No, he was unconscious when I found him. Doctor says he may or may not revive and be able to answer questions. Hey, Joe, he must revive and talk to us, old boy. Yes, sure. Oh, well, this is terrible. Why, it means... It means we can't rest all our hopes on him. Now, look, what about those two rascals who tried to do us in tonight? Benoit and his helper. Were you and the police able to get any more out of them? Not much, Kent, unfortunately. Uh-oh, that's bad. They say they were hired by a man they don't know to knock out Philippe and bring him to the warehouse, where they turned him over to the same fellow and received a hundred francs each. I see. Then they got orders to take care of us, eh? Right. Incidentally, we grilled Benoit and Francois about the chapter in the sketch we published, the one whose picture you saw in Philippe's trunk. Yes? What did they say about it? Nothing. Instead, they never saw the bloke in their lives. Oh, then everything depends on Philippe, and unless he lives... Oh, wait a minute, Cockins, here comes the doctor. Ah, uh, good. Well, doctor? I, you are Monsieur Kent. I've come to tell you the patient regained consciousness. Oh, good. Splendid. Uh, take us to him, old chap. Very well. But here, be Monsieur, the patient, Philippe Dulac, is in a critical condition. It is only because you, Monsieur Kent, explain to me how important it is that I permit you to question him. We understand, Doctor. So you will be as brief as possible, eh? Of course, Doctor, of course. Bien. Come with me, then. Herbert Hawkins. 
I must see Corkins. I'm right here, Filippo Chap. Corkins, it, it is really you. Right. I'm sorry to see you in this beastly mess, old boy. Listen, we were right about the plot against the World Peace Organization. Yes, what about it? The details I know not, but this I know. It is of such a magnitude that if it succeeds, the World Peace Organization will be ruined. And all the world plunged again into bloody war. We know that, Philippe, but Only how... one man can tell you of the plot. Him you must find, and at once. Right, oh. Who is this person, Philippe? A young boy. The son of an American newspaper correspondent who was killed by the Nazi Gestapo. You mean Bucky Taylor? Oui, Bucky Taylor. I drove you were right, Kate. Where is Bucky, Philippe? Ten days ago, he sailed on the liner Nautilus for America. I have just discovered this. But he disappeared from the boat, Philippe. Huh? Disappear, you say? That's right. Didn't you know? No, no, I did not. Kent here thinks, and I agree that he was taken from the boat before it sailed. Now, Sacrebleu, it must be the man without a face who have him, then. What about this bounder without a face? Yes. Who is he? Nobody knows, monsieur. Nobody? No. It is said that even those closest to him have never seen him. I say. But hear me, Corkins. In my trunk, stored in the cellar at 25 Rue Frontenac, is a photograph of a man who resembled the devil himself. Not anymore, old chap. You see, the Never mind, Corkins. Go on, Philippe. Trace him in the photograph. Find him. And it is my belief you will find the man without the face. And the boy, Bucky Taylor. Oh, but... You see, I have good reason to suspect that he of the photograph and the man without the face are one and the same. What? But this chap has a face. Oui, oui. He had then when the photograph was taken, but now, it, now, Igro, we chemist you. You must hurry. Find that one, Corkins. Find we him. We tried to find him. We published his blooming photograph in all the French newspapers and even offered a reward for information about him. No, but no, not in France. You must inquire in, in. Yes, inquire where, Philippe? In, in Bavaria. Bavaria, Bavaria, Germany. Oui, Germany. But Philippe, how do you... Hold it, Hawkins. Doctor, quick. Oh, you like has lost consciousness. You must leave now. When will we be able to speak to him again, Doctor? Who knows? Perhaps soon, perhaps never. But you must leave now, please, Miss. Okay, Doctor. Come on, Hawkins. All right. But we must work quickly, Kent. And the first thing is to hop right over to police headquarters and put a wire photo through to Bavaria. Yes. You agree? You go ahead and do that, Hawkins. I got another idea. Yes, what's that? I can't tell you now, but it should save time. So long. But wait, old chap, where are you going? I'll let you know. Later. Hurrying away from Herbert Corkins, Clark Kent steps into an empty room and quickly slips down to the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Then, stepping to the open window. Now for Bavaria. Up and away! <laughs> Leaping high into the night sky, the man of steel takes a bearing from the stars, then flashes northeastward, and like a meteor rocketing along the Milky Way, it streaks away for Bavaria, Germany. As our story continues, the scene is an ancient castle-like chateau on a spit of land jutting out from the southern French coast. In one wing of the battlemented stone building, within an ancient watchtower, is a tall circular room, a bare room of stone wall and floor, like a narrow cylinder, in which a man standing in the center with hands outstretched touch the walls enclosing him. A boy stands in that room now, alone. A fair-haired boy with blue eyes and blunt nose and chin, listening as from somewhere he knows not where, a voice speaks to him. Can you hear me, Bucky Taylor? Yes, I hear you, but I can't see you. 
Where are you? I'm here with you. You mean in this room? Yes. Now listen to me, Bucky Taylor. Before your father died, he told you about an important story he was working on for the Metropolis Daily Planet. A story about a plot against the World Peace Organization. Do you recall that? No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't lie to me. Your father wrote that story down and hid it someplace. He told you where he hid it. No, so no. In he... case anything happened to him, you could get the story and give it to the Daily Planet. Now tell me, where did he hide that story? I, I don't know anything about it, I tell you. I warn you, Bucky, don't try my patience. I want that information and I'll stop at nothing to get it. Do you understand? I, I can't tell you because, because I don't know. We'll see. Listen to this. What's that? It's water, Bucky. And unless you tell me what I want to know, more water, much more, will continue to bore into this room until it is filled. You know what that means? Golly. Gosh. Now, are you ready to tell me? Gee whiz, how can I tell you what I don't know? You lie. No, I... It's the truth. I don't know. I will give you exactly 30 seconds to decide to talk, Bucky. If at the end of that time you still remain stubborn. Well, I have already told you what the problem is. Jeepers, what, what can I do? 30 seconds, Bucky. You have only 30 seconds to decide. Hands clammy with perspiration, young Bucky Taylor stands seemingly trapped in the tall cylindrical room where he wrestles with his problem and his conscience. Should he talk and perhaps save his life or remain silent and maybe save many lives? What will happen as Bucky Taylor, the key to a great international intrigue, sweats out what he thinks are his last 30 seconds of life while Superman speaks farther and farther away to Bavaria, Germany? Tomorrow's episode is packed with many thrills, gang, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, while Clark Kent finds a direct clue to the man without a face, young Bucky Taylor, a helpless prisoner of the plotter against world peace, has been condemned to death. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. 
Say, you fellas would certainly hate to be without that terrific keychain Kellogg's Pep is putting out when all your friends are sporting them. Believe me, these collections are something special. That big, shiny, silver-like keychain is a humdinger all by itself. And Kellogg's Pep offers you 12 different lucky pieces to wear attached to it. Now, for the keychain only, you send one box stop from super delicious Kellogg's Pep and 15 cents, that's a dime and a nickel in cash, to Superman Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And now the shiny lucky pieces. There are 12 in all, nifty small-scale models of a locomotive, a football, a trolley car, a sky dog, skull and crossbones, and, and binoculars, among others. And because this is a get-acquainted offer, when you receive your first order, you'll get a printed slip with the names and pictures of all 12 lucky pieces on it. And you can keep on ordering until your collection is complete. Now, for each lucky piece you want, send one pep box stop and one dime, plus the names of the lucky pieces you want, to Superman Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That's 10 cents and one pep box stop for each of the lucky pieces. And for the keychain, you send 15 cents and one pep box stop. And the address for both is Superman Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. Now, be sure that you print your name and address clearly and get started right away. Because tomorrow will be the last day that we'll make this offer over the air. But we want each and every one of you to have a complete collection. So keep watching the pet package for further details. And girls, later on, I'll tell you more about your special collection. And now, the adventures of Superman. Certain that the disappearance of Bucky Taylor, a young American orphan son of a Daily Planet correspondent, was tied up with a mysterious plot against the World Peace Organization... Clark Kent and Herbert Calkins, the Scotland Yard detective, joined forces in La Havre, France, to search for the boy. From a wounded intelligence man, they learned that Bucky was probably in the hands of a sinister individual known only as the Man Without a Face, who might be found in Bavaria, Germany. But actually, Bucky is a prisoner in a tower room of an ancient castle on the French coast, where a voice, seeming to come out of nowhere, demanded that Bucky reveal where his dead father had hidden a certain story, and threatened... You have 30 seconds to begin talking, Bucky... If you remain stubborn, water will pour into this room. And, well, you know what that means. As we continue now, Superman has arrived at the Russian military government headquarters in Bavaria, Germany, where, once more in his guise of reporter Clark Kent, we find him talking with Colonel Ivan Stroganov. Listen. I have an artist's sketch of the man I'm looking for, Colonel Stroganov. A man known only as the man without a face. The man without a face? Yes. According to confidential information, he is said to be engineering a huge plot against the World Peace Organization. We don't know just what it is yet, but we think he's managed to get hold of young Bucky Taylor. Wait, Comrade Kent. I remember now to have heard of this man without a face. You think he is here in Bavaria? Either he is actually here, or this is the place to pick up his trail. Look, here's the artist's sketch of him. It was made from a photograph. Let me see. Hmm. But this man has a face. Well, he had at the time the photograph was taken. Wait, but... wait, this man. He's familiar to me. He is. You mean you know him? But of course this man is Count von Luder. Who? Count von Luder. It was not generally known, but he was a close associate of Adolf Hitler. Hitler's brain he was called by those few who knew. Oh? But Count von Luder is dead. Dead? Yes. He had a large estate near here, and we searched for him when we entered this territory. But he was reported to have committed suicide. Reported? You mean you're not sure? Well, we did not find his body, but reliable witnesses. German witnesses? Yes, They but... could have lied to give the Count an opportunity to get away and assume a new identity. You mean to become the man without a face? Yes. I still think this is a good place to pick up his trail. However, I've got to know more about him. I suppose you have papers, files on him? Ah, we have a large file. Could I see it? Of course, Comrade Kent. Good. It is stored with other such files in the vault of a bank on the other side of the town. Uh, come with me. I will take you there. Fine, Colonel. Let's go. Clark Kent accompanies Colonel Stroganoff to examine the files on Count von Luder. 
The 30 seconds of grace have expired for young Bucky Taylor in the ancient castle on the French coast where he is a prisoner. There in the tall, narrow cylindrical room of stone, water from underground pipes is flowing into the room. It's almost reached Bucky's hips. As he stands shivering, the voice which has threatened him before, seeming to come out of nowhere, filters into the tomb-like room. Be sensible, boy. You can still save your life. Tell me where your father hid his story about the World Peace Organization and I will stop the water. I don't know anything about it, I tell you. I don't know. Stop lying. We heard your father tell this to the editor of the Daily Planet when he spoke with him on the transatlantic telephone before he was shot. You, you did? Yes, he knew he was in danger, so he took precautions to preserve his story. He wrote down the name of the man without a face and the names of the others involved in a certain plan having to do with the World Peace Organization. And he wrote down the plan which he had just learned. Uh, if you know so much, what do you want from me? You know why I want it. You're going to tell me where it is. Oh, so you can get it and burn it up, and then not have to worry about getting caught when you wreck the World Peace Organization. Is that it? Still being brave and patriotic, Bucky. Willing to lose your life to preserve a stupid idea like the World Peace Organization? It isn't stupid. It's the only chance the world has to avoid being destroyed in the next war. My father said... Your father died at my command. And so will you, unless you talk right now. Well? I won't tell you anything. Not all your dirty, torturing Nazis could make me tell. And you can't either. Really? I promised my father I'd only spoke to one man, his editor in Metropolis. And he's the only one I will tell. Unless you talk, you'll never see Metropolis again. Uh, tell me, Bucky, how high is the water now? Come on in and find out. Now listen, Bucky. I was hoping this wouldn't be necessary. But you're forcing my hand. How rude of me. I'm so sorry. You have selected a poor time for making jokes, my young friend. Maybe, but what a swell time to pull the line about this is killing me. You stupid young dolt. Now I'll make the water pour it even faster. Like this. <coughs> you dirty... Let's see how long this will strike you, buddy. Now the water level is over your head. You're forced to swim. How do you like that? If I had my choice, I'd rather have a different kind of swimming pool. Still being foolishly brave, eh, Bucky? Yeah, sure, but how long can this go on? What did you say? Nothing that would interest you. Be reasonable, son. All you have to do is... I know what I have to do. And I'm doing it. Very well. Not be long now before your last chance for life will be gone. Only four feet of space remain free of water in this cylinder. Will you talk now, Bucky? No. No. Holy stupid, stubborn American swine. In only five minutes, the waterline will reach the ceiling. Make up your mind to talk in that time or die. Now, Bucky, there's not long to go. Will you talk now? Better say yes. Stall for time. Speak up, boy. I can't hear you. Yes. Yes, I'll talk. Now you're being smart, boy. Go on. Tell me what I want to know. Then I will let you out of the tank. Exhausted and near the end of his rope, courageous boy agrees to talk to the man without a face, hoping in that way to stall for time. 
But then what? Will his ruse work? And even if it does, will he gain anything by it while Superman remains unaware of his whereabouts? As we continue, our scene is the office of a small bank in the Bavarian town which houses the Russian military government for that German province. Clark Kent and Colonel Ivan Stroganov are examining a voluminous file on Count von Luder, whom Kent believes to be the mysterious man without a face. Man, you say had his fingers in most of the Germans' dirty pies, Colonel. There isn't much revealing stuff here about von Luder. He was very clever, Comrade Kent. Yeah. All his work was done in great secrecy. Mm-hmm. But we have established beyond doubt that many of Adolf Hitler's most vicious plans were actually conceived by von Luder. Mm, does that mean with regards to France, too? Ah, we are positive that Count von Luder was the real ruler of Vichy France. Oh. We have discovered that he was in France, quartered in the castle of some French collaborationist, while the Nazis ruled there. Wait a minute, that might be a lead. Here's an envelope from a letter written by Von Luder to the Burgermeister here. It's from France. See the postmark? 1943. And Von Luder's name in the corner. Ah, but the letter itself is missing. So that cannot help us. Oh, now, wait. Maybe it can. There's an engraving of an old castle or chateau or something on the envelope. I only make out the name of the town. The postmark's pretty faded, though. Oh, wait a minute. I've got it. Cop Greenay. So... Now, where are we? I know where I'm going to be in a matter of seconds, Colonel. In Cop Grenay, looking for that castle. In a matter of seconds, Comrade. Cop Grenay is perhaps two, three thousand miles away. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well it, it may take a bit longer. <laughs> Quite a bit, Comrade. And I think you place far too much hope in this slight clue. That's the only clue I've been able to find, and it might pay off, so I've got to run it down. Well, goodbye, Colonel Strogoff, and thanks very much. I'm on my way. <laughs> Hurrying from the little bank, Clark Kent steps into the shadows of a tall hedge, and a moment later, garbed once more in the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Up! Up! And away! He leaps high into the sky, swerves to the southwest, and flashes away like a zooming rocket, bound for an old castle on the French coast. Is it the ancient fortress in which young Bucky Taylor is close to death? Will Superman be in time to save Bucky and to move against the man without a face? who has already given orders to proceed with his mysterious plot against the World Peace Organization. There's a thrill a minute for you in tomorrow's episode, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes join us again same bat time same bat station for another presentation of silver age heroes radio theater excelsior Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film 
television and radio. Long before we got the big budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Superman and young Bucky Taylor zoom to the hiding place of his father's damaging documentary story, only to find that the plotters against world peace had been there before them. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, hurry, hurry, and get busy, gang. This is the very last day I'll be telling you over the air about those exciting new collections Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Now, fellas, I'll talk to you a little later on. Now, for the girls, there's a beautiful silver-like charm bracelet, just like the one that your sister or your mother wears. And you'll want all 12 of the charms to wear on it. Now, for the charm bracelet only, send one dime and one box stop from Super Delicious Kellogg's Pep to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. As for the bright, shiny charms, boy, they're terrific. Twelve in all, nifty small-scale models of a piano, a trolley car, a skate, cuckoo clock, violin, and telephone, among others. Now, send for just as many as you like to start off, and then with your first package, you're going to get a printed slip with the names and pictures of all twelve charms. And I predict that you want to collect all of them, so you better keep right on ordering until your collection is complete. Now, for each charm you want, send one Kellogg's Pep box stop and one dime plus the names of the charms you want to Superman, Department 1, R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That's one dime and one pet box stop for each of the charms and one dime and one pet box stop for the bracelet. And the address for both is Superman, Department 1, R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And be sure that you print your name and address clearly. And as I said, girls, this is the very last time I'll be telling you about this terrific new pep collection over the air. But keep watching the pep package for full details on how to complete your collection. And fellas, you stick around for the latest dope on your special collection. And now the adventures of Superman. As you remember, young Bucky Taylor, orphaned son of a former Daily Planet correspondent, is in France a prisoner of the mysterious man without a face, who is directing a plot to wreck the World Peace Organization. Knowing that Bucky's late father had learned of the plot, and that a detailed description of it was hidden somewhere, the man without a face had Bucky placed in a stone room of an old French castle, and then let water flow into the room. As the water rose above the trapped boy, the unseen man demanded that Bucky reveal the hiding place of his father's story. Finally, with death almost at hand, Bucky appeared to weaken and agreed to talk. But as we continue now, Clark Kent has picked up a clue to Bucky, and in his true identity of Superman, is streaking through the gray skies of dawn above the lonely French coast, bound for the castle. Listen. That should be Cop Greeny ahead. And, yes, there's an old castle down there on that spit of land. Looks deserted, though. No, wait a minute. That old stone watchtower is filled with water, and somebody... A boy... Yes, a boy is trapped in it. Down to him. Down! Help. Help. All right, son. Relax. Everything's under control now. I can't swim any longer. You won't have to. Up with you. There we are. Now, up and down to the ground. (laughs) 
You're Bucky Taylor, aren't you? Yes, sir. Uh, uh... Uh-oh, he passed out. I better apply artificial respiration, then get him into some dry clothes and into bed. Now, first the artificial respiration. Get him set here. There. All right, now. Out goes the bad air. In comes the good. Out goes the bad Fog-swept beach. Superman applies artificial respiration until the half-drowned boy's breathing has once again become normal. Then, lifting him gently, he carries him into the ancient deserted castle, rubs him dry, and tucks him into a huge canopied bed. Poor kid. Must have had a rough time. I'll let him sleep a while. Let's see. It seems as if there's nobody else in this old fortress. I wonder what happened. Whether the man without a face was... What, what the... Who are you? I was here. I'm Janine. You've been here all the time? You saw what was going on? Oui, monsieur. <laughs> I even saw the devil. But he do not see me. <laughs> oh, no. You saw whom? The devil. The one without a face. What? The man without a face was here? Oui, but he do not see Janine. Oh, no. Well, tell me, where is he now? He's gone. In a plane. And good riddance, too. He left this poor boy to drown in the watchtower. The swine! Oh, so that's what happened. We, oui, But no one knows Janine is here. <laughs> no one. Janine has this fine, great house all to herself. Until they come. They? Who are they? The two men and this boy. Oh? Ten days ago they come. On a Sunday. Late at night. I see them. I hear all. I hear them say they have taken the boy from a great boat. Yes? What else did you hear? They are cruel to the boy. They beat him and starve him. They put him in water to make him drown. Cowards. They wish him to tell them something. Yes. But he say no, no matter what they do to him. He say no. Brave boy. Tell me about the man without a face. He who is like the devil arrived last night in a plane. Oh. He walk alone with a cape over his head. Always when the others come near him, the cloak is over his head. Uh-huh. But me, I see him. And he have no face. He is the devil himself. Nonsense. Look, uh, is there food here? Can you make some hot tea? Oui. I make tea. Good. Make some for Bucky. I'll wake him in an hour. He may be well enough to talk then. Bucky. Wake up, Bucky. Huh? Bucky. Huh? You've got to wake up now, son. Come on, wake up. Uh, oh, the water. Take it easy. It's over my easy, head. Easy. I... Easy. You're not in the water anymore. You're all right now. Oh, oh, where am I? Who are you? You're safe and I'm your friend. My name is Superman. Superman? That's right. Listen up, oh, Bucky. You pulled me out of that tank. Yes, yes, but look, oh, we got... I thought I dreamed it. No. But you are Superman. Yes, I am. Now, listen to me, Bucky. This is important. Wait, did I... Did I spill it to... What did he want to know? The story my father got before he was murdered by the Nazis. The story about the plot against the World Peace Organization. That's what the man without a face wanted, my father's story. Uh-huh. So nobody else could find it and know what he was up to. So that's it. Yes, oh, tell me, please, Superman, did I spill it? I don't know, Bucky. Don't you? No. When the water kept rising and I had to swim, I told him I'd talk. I was going to give him a bomb steer to gain time. Yes? But then I, I, I can't remember. Everything seemed to pile up on me. Like the time they had in a Nazi concentration camp. I know, you've had a bad time, boy. And then getting put in that stone room and the water coming in to drown me like a rat. Easy, boy, take it easy. I, I kind of cracked up, I guess. I don't remember what I said. Wait, Superman, did yes. you catch the man without a face? No, he left in a plane before I got here. Oh, gosh, then I must have told him. Why? Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone. Gee whiz, Superman, I, I'm afraid I let my dad down. 
My country, too, and the whole world. Now, wait a minute. Don't blame yourself, son. A man without a face was only waiting until he got my father's story, so there'd be no evidence of his plan to wreck the World Peace Organization. Well, I'm afraid that's true, but... No, that, that rat will get my father's story and destroy it. Because I must have told him where I hid it, or he wouldn't have left me to die. Now, wait, Bucky. Where did you hide your father's story? In the concentration camp they first took me to. After they shot my father, I, I had the story in my shoe under the lining. Uh-huh. I was afraid they'd find it, so I dug a hole near a fence post and I buried it. What concentration camp was this? Oregon board, just across the French border. Oh, well, that's not far from here. We'll have to move fast. Do you feel up to a quick flight by Superman Express? Oh, golly, sure. All right, hang on now. <clears throat> We're going out through that window. All set? Oh, boy, am I. Let her rip, Superman. Here we go, then. Up and away! <laughs> Leaping through the window of the ancient castle with Bucky Taylor in his arms, Superman turns north and east and rockets away through the light skies of early morning, bound for the former Nazi concentration camp. Will he be there before the man without a face? Early budding spring flowers and the rosy mists of morning cover the sagging barbed wire and the deserted grounds of the former German concentration camp at Organburg. Only recently, the vile scene of man's unspeakable inhumanity to his fellow man. Where but a short time ago rang the anguished wails of innocent victims... All is now peaceful silence, broken only by the chirping of waking birds. And then by the powerful rush of wind, as Superman streaks through the skies and thuds to the earth with young Bucky Taylor. Well, here we are, Bucky. Yeah, and it looks as if maybe we got here first, I hope. So do I. Now, do you recall where you buried your father's story? Yes, I'll show you, Superman. Follow me. Right. Oh, golly. What's the matter, boy? You all came over me just now. What? I saw here, I mean. Oh. Men and women, even kids getting beat up and... They're taking to the gas chambers. Those were the gas chambers, that old building over there. I see. Often I wake up at night hearing your screams again, seeing them. Oh, golly, I'll never be able to forget. Don't forget, Bucky. The world must never forget. We must all make up our minds that it must never be like that again. Gee whiz, I hope not. We've taken the first step to prevent it by setting up the World Peace Organization. That's what my dad used to say. He... Oh, no. What's the matter? It's gone. What's gone? Dad's story. I buried it right here by this fence post. Uh-oh. And look, there's a big hole here now. The man without a face. Yes, yes. Looks as if he beat us to it, Bucky. Oh, jeepers. What will we do now? Take it easy, son. We've still got one trump card left. What do you mean? You know the story your father wrote. You know the details of the plot against the peace organization. Tell me and... Uh, but I don't really know, Superman. What? I never saw the story. My father sewed it in an oil skin envelope. Oh, no. All he told me was just the names of two men. The ones who had things all set so that they could wreck the World Peace Organization as soon as the man without a face gave the word. Okay, that'll do. Who are those two men? They... They... Yes? Oh, jeepers, I forgot. Try hard, Bucky. You've got to remember. But I can't, Superman. I just can't remember. Dismayed, Superman stares at the pale-faced Bucky Taylor, realizing that he has reached the end of the trail and that the man without a face has won again. What can even Superman do now to prevent the man without a face from proceeding with his mysterious plot against the World Peace Federation? A plot that Bucky's father, who had discovered it, said would wreck the peace organization forever. Barely has Superman felt so helpless in looking for a clever and elusive quarry. In an effort to combat a devastating blow which may strike any time, anywhere, from any place. But knowing Superman, we know he will do something. But what? Monday's thrilling episode tells part of the story. So don't miss it. Be sure to tune in. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. 
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Clark Kent returns to Metropolis with Bucky Taylor, the far-flung enemies of world peace are alerted by the man without a face and commanded to stand by for immediate action. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, you know what I heard? Well, I heard that you fellows and girls are practically making a stampede for packages of Kellogg's Pet these days. Because, of course, it's, it's such a sunny, golden toasted whole wheat flake cereal, and because it's the prize package where you get those exciting comic buttons in Pep's new series. Real, true-to-life pictures of your favorite funny sheep characters, 18 of them in all, like a Pat Patton and Tess Trueheart and Chief Brandon, Vitamin Flintheart, Judy and Corky, and Superman, of course. And every single one's a doggone real. You'd think those comic strip characters could talk. Why, it's no end of fun to compare notes with your friends to see who's got the most different buttons and to trade duplicates, too. And these pep comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't send it any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to look for your comic button inside each package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And look for some mighty swell eating at breakfast, too. These whole wheat flakes taste doggone sunny and golden toasted and delicious. Good for you, too. Sure, give you vitamin B1, an energy vitamin, and that important sunshine vitamin D that Mom knows you need so much. So ask Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Knowing that a former Daily Planet correspondent had learned of his plot against the World Peace Organization and had written down the details of it before he was shot, a mysterious individual known only as the Man Without a Face captured young Bucky Taylor, orphaned son of the late correspondent. Imprisoned in an ancient French castle, Bucky was forced to reveal the hiding place of his father's story and then left to die. 
Superman rescued the boy and went with him to the former Nazi concentration camp where the plucky youngster had hidden his father's story. But when they arrived, the story was gone. And to make matters worse, Bucky had forgotten the names of the men involved in the plot against the peace organization. As we continue now on the peaceful, deserted grounds of what had once been a vile German concentration camp, Bucky says... The last two years, when I was in this concentration camp, and then dodging the Nazis all over Europe, I made myself forget the names. So if the Nazis caught me and tortured me, I wouldn't be able to tell them. Uh Uh-oh, this isn't so good, Bucky. You can't recall any details of the plot against the World Peace Organization either? No, sir. You see, Dad never had a chance to tell me much about that. I see. All I remember is Dad saying that unless the plot was stopped, the World Peace Organization would be wrecked, and we'd probably have another world war. He wasn't fooling. But look, Bucky, about the names of those men involved. You say your father told you they were the two men who were working for the man without a face? That's right. He said something about their being in the perfect spot when the time came. But nobody would ever suspect them, but something like that. Mm-hmm. But does that mean anything to you? Well, I'm not sure, but it does give me an idea. Look, son, if you heard those names again, do you think you'd recognize them? Why, uh, I think so. Good. You're going to get the chance to try. How? I'll explain later in Metropolis. Metropolis? Are we going there? Yes, but first we're going to stop off in La Havre to see Herbert Calkins. Up under my arm with you. Who's Herbert Calkins? One of Scotland Yard's best detectives who's been working on this case with me. Incidentally, you're going to meet another friend, Clark Kent. The reporter? Oh, my dad told me about him. Good. All set now? Let her rip. All right, hang on then. Here we go. Up and away! Kent, I am relieved to see you. I've been searching for you since last night. Sorry, I worried you, Hawkins. I've had the local police, the French intelligence, and everyone else looking all over for you. I'm sorry to have caused all this trouble, but I... Tell me all about it, old chap. You say you found Bucky Taylor? I have. Where is the lad? He's taking a nap right now. Had a pretty rugged time of it, you know. I dare say. Well, uh, bring me up to date on everything, will you, old boy? I'm fairly bursting to hear what you know. Right. I'll be as brief as possible, because we've got to work fast. So here it is. After I left you at the hospital last night, I... Without a face, must have flown directly to the Organborg concentration camp, dug up the story that Bucky's father wrote. And now that he's sure nobody else can find out about it, he'll be able to go through with his plot to wreck the World Peace Organization. Hmm. Bucky has no idea of what the plot is, eh, old boy? No, but I'm taking him to Metropolis where I'm going to show him a certain list of names, among which I'm hoping the two his father mentioned will be included. What list? Oh, in Metropolis, you say? I get it. Yes. If those names are on the list and Bucky recognizes them, We'll have a lead to the man without a face. And maybe we'll be able to stop him before the damage is done. That's a pretty long chance, eh, what? Well, we've got to take it and hope it pays off. Now, look, Hawkins, here's what I'd like you to do. Yes? See that all the information we've got is given to the British and French intelligence. Tell them we have reason to believe that the man without a face is really Count von Luder, an individual whom the inner circle of Nazis called Hitler's brain... I'll do it at once. Maybe we can turn something up from that. I hope so. Well, I'll be leaving now. One moment, old chap. There's still something I don't quite understand. Yes, what's that? In the 18 hours since I last saw you, you've been to Germany, to that blooming French castle at Cape Grenade, then back to Germany to the concentration camp, Uh and now back here to La Havre. There's only one way you could have done all that, old man. And that is if you're Superman. Oh, please, Hawkins. Let's not go into that routine again. You know every minute counts. Very well, but I just want you to know, old boy, that I think I've got you this time. Not really, old bean. Distances in Europe are short, you know, especially with a fast fighter plane. But you didn't have a plane at your disposal. Uh, Or did you? (laughs) I didn't say I did. What? No, 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 no. no. Look here, old top. You're just (laughs) trying to confuse me. Oh, stop it, Hawkshaw. We haven't time to play games. I've got to pick Bucky up and push on to Metropolis. 
Good luck. I'll be seeing you again. You certainly will, old boy. One day I'm going to prove definitely whether you are or are not uh, you know whom. <laughs> That'll be the day. Hello. Cheerio, Kent, old chap. Uh, I'll carry on here. Good. Oh, uh, Kent. Yes? Please pay my respects to Perry White and Miss Lane. Thanks, I will. I'm heading their way now. Any word from Clark yet, Chief? Uh, nothing, Lois. Not since that cable a couple of days ago telling us he's in France. But why should he bother to keep me posted on what goes on? I'm only his editor, after all. Oh, now relax, Chief. I'm sure he would have cabled us again if he'd found out anything about Bucky Taylor. He knows how worried we are. Yeah, a lot he cares about that. The trouble with him is he's got a swell head. Oh, now look, I don't think so, Chief. And so have you. I? Yes, you. Well, if you and Kent manage to pick up a lucky scoop now and then, and when you do, you get too big for your britches. Well, I then like... Then the first thing I know, you're both trying to run the whole paper. Now, wait a minute. I think you're being... I've had enough of it. How dare he chips off to France without even a buy or leave, and then send me one measly cable which says exactly nothing. But, Chief, maybe he's in the spot. I don't... Get... I, I, I won't have it, you hear me? I, I'll fire the both of you. That's what I'll do. Oh, murder. Do we have to go through that again? There's room for only one editor in this shop, I see, sir, and I'm it. And you two will have to get that through your head so you're through. You understand? Home, sweet home. Fired again. Clark! Chief, look! Come on in, Bucky. Bucky! Folks, I want you to meet Bucky Taylor. It, it is Bucky. Well, yes, sir, and I remember you. You're Mr. White. How are you, sir? Oh, fine. Fine, son. Fine. I, I'm delighted to see you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I can't tell you how, how, well, what, what a pleasure it is to, to see you well and, and safe. Oh, it does feel good. Bucky, this is Lois Lane, our star reporter. <clears throat> Next to me. How are you doing, Miss Lane? Welcome home, Bucky. I'm happy to see you. Thanks, Miss Lane. I'm sure glad to be here. Now, listen, please, everyone. There's something very important. Now, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. We can make the afternoon additions for this story. So get a rewrite man in here, Lois. And okay. can you start? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Chief. Come back here, Lois. Nobody must know that Bucky is here, that he's alive. Not yet. Well, why not? What do you mean, Clark? If the man without a face hears of it, Bucky's life will be in danger. And that goes for everyone else around the shop. You said who, who did you say? A man known only as the man without a face is behind a plot to... Give it, Bucky. There's no time to explain now. Now, got... now, don't give us that fast brush-off routine, Clark. Believe me, Lois, every second counts. The future of the World Peace Organization and perhaps of the whole world is at stake. What? Look, what is this? What are you talking about? You take my word for it. Now, listen, Chief. You know the secretary of the World Peace Organization, don't you? Why, of course I do. I had dinner with him last night. Fine. But what is it? I want you to get him on the phone and ask him to let Bucky and me examine the names of everyone connected with the organization. Everyone. Delegate secretaries, undersecretaries, servants, everybody. Do you think he'll do it? I don't see why not. All I can tell you now is that I believe two men who are working with a mysterious man without a face to plunge the world into another war are connected with the World Peace Organization in some capacity. Good heavens! Bucky's father told him the names of those men before he was shot by the Nazi Gestapo. Yes. But the boy's forgotten them. Well, I'm hoping he'll recognize the names when he sees them. Oh, I get it. Uh, but wait, Kenny. Believe me, Chief, there isn't a second to waste. Get the secretary of the World Peace Organization on the phone right now. Tell him Bucky and I are on our way and we'll be there in a few minutes. Come on, Bucky. Let's go. Taking Bucky Taylor by the arm, Clark Kent hurries him from Perry White's office, bound for the headquarters of the World Peace Organization. As Clark Kent and Bucky Taylor hurry to the headquarters of the World Peace Organization, two middle-aged, distinguished-looking men are in a house surrounded by tall hedges in an exclusive suburb of Metropolis. Seated at a small table playing backgammon, they suddenly stiffen in their chairs, their game forgotten, as a radio signal shatters the stillness of the room. Listen, the shot wave. Yes, turn it up quickly. Attention. I speak for the face. Ah, this is it. Quiet. He arrives within the hour. Stand by for immediate action. That is all. He's on the way here. That means he must have found the Daily Planet correspondent's story. Of course, no. At last, our time has come. Their eyes.
eyes gleaming, the two middle-aged, distinguished-looking men reach for the two glasses on the table, raise them to each other in a silent toast, and then drink happily. Who are these men? Stand by for immediate action, said the message. Will Clark Kent's desperate hope that Bucky Taylor will see and recognize the names of the two accomplices of the man without a face on the rolls of the World Peace Organization succeed and in time? Don't miss tomorrow's tense, exciting episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Clark Kent and Bucky Taylor check the names of all affiliated with the World Peace Organization for a possible clue. The man without a face rehearses his plot to plunge the world into chaos. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, after you've followed the adventures of your favorite characters in the funny papers for a long, long time, you feel almost as if you know them personally. Sure, as if they're old friends. And that's one reason why those nifty comic buttons in the new series are such swell prizes for Kellogg's Pep to be putting out. Because the pictures of your funny sheet favorites are real speaking likenesses. You'd know them anywhere. Like Chief Brandon, for instance, with his official uniform and his cap. Or Beezy fat and laughing and so jolly. Or Superman himself, complete with bright blue jersey and red cape flying in the wind. Yes, sir, these characters are straight from the funny papers, done up in full comic strip colors, too. Boy, you'll want to collect all 18 buttons in the new series, and you can, too. Sure, easy as anything. You just ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep and look inside each package for your prize. Now, you don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons in here. You get them from Kellogg's Pep. And Pep gives you a mighty slick dish for breakfast, too. A bowl of these golden toasted whole wheat flakes is something to cheer about. So crisp and tender and full of catchy flavor. That's the dish for breakfast, gang. P-E-P. The sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Just before Dale Planet foreign correspondent Hobie Taylor was murdered, he told his 13-year-old son Bucky that a sinister individual known only as the man without a face was perfecting a plot to wreck the World Peace Organization. Taylor mentioned the names of two men, which Bucky later forgot. But Clark Kent, who as we know is Superman, hoped that Bucky would recognize the names if he saw them, and he took the boy to the headquarters of the World Peace Organization in Metropolis, unaware that the man without a face had also just arrived in the city and had issued a secret command to his henchmen to stand by for immediate action. 
As we continue now in a room in the Peace Organization headquarters, Kent and Bucky sit at a table where Bucky pours over long lists of names. Listen. Well, the two names Dad mentioned aren't on this list, Mr. Kent. What list is that, Bucky? Let's see. Undersecretaries to the delegates at large. All right, now have a look at this list of delegates, Bucky. When you get through that, there's still more. Oh, jeepers, how many people are connected with the World Peace Organization, anyhow? Great many. Delegates and their staffs, specialists in public relations, newspapers, radio, movies, education, secretaries and clerks, servants, and a lot more. Oh, boy, what do they need so many for? Well, it takes a lot of work, Bucky, patient work. First to break down the old feuds and mistrust among nations, and then to get them to work together in friendship and understanding. But that's the only way we can preserve peace. Unless we do, Bucky, the next war with atomic weapons may destroy the whole world. Yeah, that's exactly what Dad used to say. Oh, golly, if only I could remember those two names you mentioned. Keep looking, Bucky. I've got a hunch they're somewhere in these lists, and I have a feeling we haven't much time. Why do you say that? Because the man without a face thinks you're dead. That there's no chance of anyone finding out what he's up to until it's too late. That means he'll act at any moment, any time. Sheepers. Oh, I didn't get so dizzy. Dizzy? Sometimes I know you feel well. Oh, sure, but all these names, row after row of them, and page after page. Well, now, look, I've got an idea. Suppose I read the names out loud, and you just sit back and listen. How'll that be? Oh, gee, that ought to help a lot, Mr. Kent. Okay, here goes that. Close your eyes, if you like, but listen closely, Bucky. Are you ready? Shoot. Arbuckle. Ashley. Atwater. As Clark Kent calls out name after name to young Bucky Taylor... A limousine rolls into a fashionable suburb a few miles away, passes through a gate, and comes to a stop before a large house surrounded by tall hedges. A livery chauffeur opens the door, and a tall man holding the loose sleeve of his overcoat over his face steps swiftly from the car and goes into the house. As he enters, two middle-aged, distinguished-looking men rise to their feet, then start in surprise as they recognize their visitor, a man who wears a flat, dull gray mask where his face should be. Antoine Ruder. Why are you so surprised? Did you not receive word that I was in Metropolis? Yes, but you have never appeared in person before. Always we heard only your voice. The time has come for action. I have recovered the story that Taylor, the Daily Planet correspondent, wrote about us before our men liquidated him. Good, good. But of the boy, his father had told him about... The boy, Bucky Taylor, has joined his father. You mean... Dead. I saw to that myself in the old castle at Cap Grenet. So now we need have no further fears. We are free to act. Good. At last. That is why I came to tell you myself. I wish to make certain that you are fully prepared for your mission. That you are letter perfect in every detail, so that nothing can now go wrong. We are prepared. Fully prepared. We have observed our men every day for the past two years. We have studied every detail of their dress, their speech, their habits. That is true. For myself, I feel I know my men almost as well as I know myself. And I am likewise confident. Excellent. Tomorrow, then, we act. Tomorrow. But what of those men, Renasi and Salim Shah? They will be taken care of tonight. After a certain dinner party, they will both attend. Masks will be made of their faces, and tomorrow you, Bergson, and you, Milch, will appear before the full assembly of the World Peace Organization as Renasi and Salim Shah, the noted men of peace. At that time, with no one aware that you have assumed the identities of those two delegates, you will read these declarations. What are they about? Here they are. Read them. Let me see. You are here. But this, have you prepared enough evidence to, to make what I am uh, and to say uh, be a true count? Don't worry. Everything is prepared, Bexham. Then this will split the peace organization wide open. It will wreck it. Exactly, my friends. When we have finished, there will be no more world peace organization. I hope you are aware that this may well bring on war. Well, if it does, let it. 
The men who back me, powerful isolationists throughout the world, wish the end of the peace organization for their own purposes. For myself, as one deprived of his estates and position, I wish it to. Yeah, I understand. Yes, I welcome another war. And this time it will not be fought on German soil. Since there is little left in Germany to destroy, the other nations will annihilate each other with their atomic weapons. Germany will then rise again. Exactly. That is my ultimate goal and fondest hope. Wunderbar, Bergson, pour the wine. We will drink a toast to Count Van Luda and to the new Germany. Yeah, it is a pleasure. Wait. There is no time for toasts. There is much to be done this afternoon and tonight. Right now, I wish to see you two impersonate the delegates Renasi and Salim Shah. Also, I wish to hear you read the declarations which will, I hope, put an end to the World Peace Organization. You first, Bergson. Read as if you are Delegate Rinasi. As the man without a face and his two henchmen rehearsed their plot to wreck the World Peace Organization, Clark Kent has read aloud list after list of names of men connected with the organization to young Bucky Taylor, who, with his hands cupped over his eyes, sits concentrating on each name. Antonella. Rawlings. Raymond. Hey, you aren't falling asleep, are you, Bucky? Are you jeering, Mr. Kent? Just keep going. I'm with you. Oh, good boy. <coughs> Reber, Robertson, Rumley, Renasi, Sampwell. That's it. What? Sampwell? No, no, the name you read just before. Re, re, uh... Renasi? That's it. And now I remember the other name my father told me, too. Yes, what was it? It, it was... Oh, wait a minute, I just had it. Another strange kind of a name. Uh, sort of Arabic or... Oh, yeah, Salim Shah, that's it. Salim Shah? Right, those are the two names, Mr. Kent. Renasi and Salim Shah. Are you sure, Bucky? I'm positive. Those are the two guys my father said are working with a man without a face. But that's impossible, Bucky. There must be some mistake. No, no, there isn't, Mr. Kent. I remember Dad telling me those names. Renasi well, and... wait a minute, son. There's something wrong, I tell you. Luigo Renasi and Salim Shah are both fine men with wonderful reputations as fighters for world peace. Jeepers. Well, they've been leaders of the world peace movement all their lives. First in their own countries and now in the World Peace Organization. No kidding. Definitely. Those two men couldn't possibly be mixed up with a vile character like the man without a face. Gee whiz, if that's so, I can't understand why Dad would give me their names in connection with this plot against the organization. I can't imagine, Bucky. This has me stumped. Really stumped. His face lined with thought. Clark Kent tries to understand what Hobie Taylor intended when he gave his son the names of the two noted men of peace. Will Kent find the answer, and in time... In the headquarters of the World Peace Organization, young Bucky Taylor has just remembered the names his father told him before he died. The names of two men apparently connected with the mysterious plot directed by the man without a face. But Clark Kent said... There must be something wrong, Bucky, because those two men, Luigo Renasi and Salim Shah, are great leaders in the fight for world peace. Why, they're absolutely beyond suspicion. Jeepers. This has me stumped, Bucky. Really stumped. Oh, gosh, me too, Mr. Kent. Only thing I can figure is that your father must have meant something else. Oh, if only we'd been able to get his written story of the plot before our faceless friend did. Oh, yeah, it was all my fault. No, I hadn't no. talked in that old castle. Well, there might be some angle I don't see, some answer to what your father meant. Try to remember, Bucky. Try to remember anything he said about the the plot or about Renasi and Salim Shah. I've been trying to remember, Mr. Kent, but it's no soap. Yeah, okay, then. Let's try it from another angle. Let's see if we can figure out how anyone who wanted to wreck the World Peace Organization could hope to make use of two irreproachable men like Renasi and Salim Shah. Gee, I can't imagine. No, neither can I. On the surface, it's ridiculous. <laughs> this doesn't add up at all. Unless... Wait, Bucky. Huh? Got an idea. Yeah, what? It's crazy, far-fetched, but maybe, just maybe, I've hit on it. 
Come on, son, grab your coat and hat. We're going places. We are? Where, Mr. Kent? First to the office of Stuart Morgan, chief of the federal investigators attached to the World Peace Organization. Let's go, son. Maybe we're on the right track at last. Seizing his cap and coat, Bucky Taylor follows Clark Kent from the room, en route to the office of Chief Federal Investigator Stuart Morgan. Has Kent discovered the plot of the man without a face? And will he be able to prove and stop it in time? The first act of the plotters against the World Peace Organization is set to take place tonight. And the second and big act, when they expect to split the organization and perhaps even plunge the world into another terrible war, is scheduled for tomorrow. Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and suspense, gang, and a startling surprise. So don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Clark Kent interviews two key men in the World Peace Organization. Lois Lane and Bucky Taylor walk unknowingly into the very headquarters of the man without a face. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, if you've got a brother or a sister, you've probably wished there were more games that both fellas and girls could share in. Well, that's one swell thing about this new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Fellas and girls alike have a load of fun with these exciting prices, comparing notes on how many everybody's collected and uh, swapping duplicates, too. And you know, whenever you wear your pet comic buttons on your cap or your jacket or dress, they look doggone smart, because every single one of these 18 new comic buttons has a true-to-life picture of one of your favorite funny paper characters, like Goofy and Bee's Ear, or Brenda Starr and Superman, too. So you'll want to collect the whole series, and you can, too. Sure, easy as anything. You just ask Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pet. That's right. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy these prices anywhere, but inside every package of Pep you open, there's your new new comic button, your exclusive prize. You say for good breakfast eating, Pep's a prize package too. Mmm, so crisp and tender, so full up with that catchy sunshine flavor. You just show me the fellow or girl who can resist Pep's sunny toasted goodness. Hop to a gang, remind Mom to get you plenty of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now the adventures of Superman. Believing he had done away with young Bucky Taylor in France, the mysterious man without a face came to Metropolis, where he put the finishing touches on his plot to wreck the World Peace Organization, and so perhaps bring on another war. But unknown to him, 
Superman had rescued Bucky and brought the boy to Metropolis, where in the lists of men attached to the World Peace Organization, Bucky recognized two names that his father, a former Daily Planet correspondent, had mentioned to him before he died. As we continue now, Superman in his guise of reporter Clark Kent is with Bucky in the office of Stuart Morgan, chief of the federal investigators assigned to guard the security of the peace organization. Listen. Now, let me get this straight, Kent. Yes? <clears throat> you say the late Hobie Taylor, this boy's father, discovered an international plot to wreck the World Peace Organization. That's right, Mr. Morgan. He discovered that the man without a face was behind it. But, unfortunately, Hobie Taylor was murdered before he could reveal the plot. And the only clues we have are the names of two men that he told Bucky. And they are Luigo Renassi and Salim Shah. Right. I figured they must be working with the man without a face, but Mr. Kent said... That it's impossible, Bucky. Luigo Renassi and Salim Shah are known to have been leaders in world peace movements all their lives. Yet one thing seems certain, Mr. Morgan. Renassi and Salim Shah must have some part in the plot. Oh, nonsense. Or Hobie Taylor wouldn't have mentioned them in connection with it. I tell you, it's ridiculous to suspect those men, Kent. Well... Renassi and Salim Shah are wonderful men who've dedicated their lives to the preservation of peace. Well, now, look, Mr. Morgan, I, I'm not accusing them of ganging up with the man without a face. But you just said... What it. I mean to infer is that they must have some part in the plot, even if they don't know about it. Well, how can that be? I don't follow you, Kent. Well, I... I'll admit I'm flirting with a rather far-fetched idea, so let's skip that for the moment. First, I'd like to see Mr. Renassi and Salim Shah. What for? Well, they may know something that'll throw a light on this mystery. Well, there's no harm in trying, I suppose. Let's see. They're both at the dinner given by our State Department this evening. I'll take you over there if you like. Well, uh, the Daily Planet's right on our way. I want to drop Bucky there, and then we'll go over to the State Department. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> Mr. Renassi. Good evening, Mr. Morgan. I'd like you to meet Mr. Mr. Kent. Delighted to see you again. Well, thank you, sir. I'm happy to see you, and I'm flattered that you remember me. How could I forget such an excellent report of my views on peace as the one you wrote? Thank you again. You've got a good memory. wonder if I might ask you to remember something else. But of course. What is it? Did you ever meet Hobie Taylor? He used to be a foreign correspondent for the Daily Planet. I know. I can't recall ever meeting him. I see. Ever run into, uh, the man without a face, Mr. Renassi? The man without a face. Good heavens. Who or what is that? Well, you uh, see, Never mind, Mr. Morgan. I uh, hope you won't mind our being so abrupt, Mr. Renassi, but we're in a bit of a hurry. Not at all. Thanks very much, and I hope to see you again soon. Long, Mr. Morgan. Uh, good night, Mr. Renassi. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, sir. Say, what was the idea of dragging me away, Kent? I wanted to question him some more. It's a waste of time. Besides, I'm satisfied that he is Renassi. You're satisfied that he... Look, what in heaven's name are you talking about? Oh, that wild notion I mentioned is still in the back of my mind, but... Oh, come on, I just saw Salim Shah go into the next room. Maybe we'll have better luck with him. You're certain you never had any contact with Hobie Taylor, Mr. Salim Shah? Of course I'm certain of it, Mr. Kent. I remember his name because I used to read his articles in the Paris edition of the Daily Planet, but I never met Mr. Taylor. I see. Uh, one more question, please, sir. You've heard of Count von Luder, I presume. Von Luder? Yes. Oh, yes, the Nazi. Uh, isn't he the one who was reported to have committed suicide when the Russians entered Bavaria? So the story goes. Uh, you do not believe that, Mr. Kent? Well, confidentially, we have reason to believe von Luder is alive. And that he is the man without a face. Really? Are you serious, gentlemen? Yes. What's more, we think he's engaged in some plot against the World Peace Organization. Why, that sounds incredible. Maybe so. But uh, please keep it under your hat, sir. I'll tell you more about it another time. Thanks very much. Come on, Kent. Let's get outside. Well, that's that, Kent. 
Yes, there's no question in my mind that neither Renasi nor Salim Shah knows a thing about a plot against the peace organization. Of course they don't. Or that they are who they seem to be. Who they seem to be? Wait a minute. You said something like that before, Ken. Now, just what do you mean? Oh, I had a half-baked notion that they... Well, that they might be imposters. Imposters? Are you nuts? I said I was mistaken, so don't rub it in. You see, I was sure Renasi and Salim Shah were the keys to this mystery. Now, well... It was a bum steer, Kent. Obi Taylor must have had something else in mind when he mentioned those two to Bucky. I don't think so. Well, as I see it, our best chance is to find the man without a face and find him fast. Come on, let's get back to my office. As Clark Kent and Stuart Morgan depart for the federal investigation offices, Lois Lane, in her office in the Daily Planet, is talking with Bucky Taylor. Uh, I mean, Mr. Kent, say he'd be here soon, Bucky. Well, he said he thought he would, Miss Lane. Well, I wish he'd hurry up then. I'm terribly anxious to know what he found out, if anything. Also, I'm getting hungry, aren't you? Well, not very. Uh, look, why don't you go out and have your dinner, Miss uh-huh. Lane? I don't mind waiting here for Mr. Kent. Nothing doing, Bucky. Clark said you were in danger, and I'm staying right here with you until Mr. White gets back and takes you home with him. Oh, gosh, I'm not afraid. Forget it. Well, I suppose we could both go to dinner and leave word for Clark where we... Oh, just a second. That's my phone. Hello? Lois Lane speaking. Yes. A transatlantic call from Mr. Kent? Why, no, he isn't here right now, but... Yes, I'll hold on. Wonder who's calling Clark from Europe, Bucky? Gosh, I don't know. If I never see Europe again, that'll be too soon. No wonder. After all you went through there, poor kid. Hello, yes? He'll talk to me? Okay, put him on. Hello? Hello? Who? Why, Mr. Calkins, how are you? It's grand to hear your voice again. Is that the Scotland Yard detective? Yes, no, he isn't here. Well, I don't know just when Clark will be back. Yes? Yes, of course you can tell me. I know all about the story. Yes. Where? Uh, just a second, Mr. Crawford. I'll get a pencil. Thanks, Bucky. Okay, let's have it again. Two, three, three. Mul- Mulberry Drive. Yes. West Acres. Right, Mr. Calkins, I've got it. Yes, I'll check on it at once and... Oh, don't worry. I'll be careful. Right. Oh, sure. Either Clark or I'll call you back. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Gee, you seem well excited. Listen, Bucky. Mr. Corkins just got a lead to the gang who worked for the man without a face. He did. At least he thinks he did. He wants us to check a house in West Acres. That's a suburb just south of Metropolis. So I'll run out out there now. Gee, whiz. Can I go along? No, no. You stay here. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I promised Mr. White and Clark not to let you out of my sight. Now what am I going to do? Ah, that's easy. Take me along with you. Oh, no, that'd be too Oh, look, dangerous. I know how to be careful. Gosh, I dodged a Nazi Gestapo all over Europe for two years, yes, didn't Bucky, I? Oh, now... please, let me go along, Miss Lane, please. Well, You're just going to kind of look this place over, aren't you? Yes, and if I see anything suspicious, I'm going to contact the police. So it ought to be safe enough. Oh, sure it is. Well, okay, this is your story anyhow. Come on, Bucky, let's go. Eagerly, Lois Lane and young Bucky Taylor hurry from the Daily Planet to investigate the mysterious house in West Acres. What will they find there? As we continue now, Lois Lane and Bucky Taylor have just driven in Lois's car to the suburb of West Acres. Leaving the car, they proceed on foot down the dark, deserted street named Mulberry Lane and halt outside a gate set in a tall, thick row of hedges, which completely surround a house they can only dimly see. This is number 233, Miss Lane. See? The number's on the gate here. Yes, I see it, Bucky. And what do we do now? Let's see. Hmm. Everything seems quiet. Look, let's ease ourselves in through the gate and look around. Come on. Okay, I'm right with you. Leave the gate open, Bucky, just in case we have to leave in a hurry. All right. Now, follow me, but be very careful. Hello? 
Yes? Somebody has entered through the outside gate. The sound you just heard was the electric eye setting off the alarm here. I'll find out who it is quickly. Yeah, I will find out. But first... What are you doing? I have turned on the current of the electric wires which run through the gate and hedges surrounding the house. I see. The voltage will not kill anyone touching the wires, but it will stun them and hold them helpless until we find them. Good. Take Martin and the others, then, and seize whoever is on the grounds. Then bring them to me. Yes, Count. At once. Unaware that they are trapped, Lois Ling and Bucky Taylor creep closer to the dark house in which the man without a face waits, like a cold, vicious spider in the center of his web. What will happen now to Bucky, who is well known to the man without a face, and to Lois, while Superman is yet unaware of their danger? We'll find out tomorrow, so don't fail to be with us then. Yes, be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!